Hello and welcome to a show of their own, Sports and Life with Morgan and Laura. I'm Morgan. And I'm Laura. And so we're going to start with the NHL like we have been since, even though it's not really that slow considering there's so many signings. Um, it we're just kind feels... of at the slow part of the signings right now because that's the true. Here you're like, eh, who cares? Yeah. And it's off season, so might as well start with them and then go with MLB and then it's probably going to switch after in like two weeks the big news though today um it's a good thing we were a little delayed in recording because today it came out that doc emmerich the like longtime play-by-play guy for nbc he always does the biggest games if there's a big call in the stanley cup there's like a 95 percent chance it's doc calling it and um he's retiring and he released this amazing video he also when covid started released this video uh that was a reading of a a letter he sent to all of his colleagues at nbc and it was he's just such a great writer and he also delivers those things so well and really 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 going to miss doc yeah he's like one of the few nhl broadcasters that i can recognize um to me, he always kind of sounds like an old school, like radio. Yeah, guy. he has a little bit of old school to him. And you learn like, this is something you learn in NHL. There's very specific ways of calling like in baseball. It's a ball or a strike. Yeah, like, and there's not really a lot of variation with that in icing. I mean, it's icing, but for Doc, it becomes an icing. And there's yeah. like a certain cadence with which Doc talks. Uh, it's like all different. Yeah. Um, I will say, so John Forsland, who is the Canes play-by-play caller, but also does national games. Um, he and the Canes couldn't come to a contract agreement, which all the Canes fans were really mad about. And I was mad too, because I got so used to, I would watch Canes games and his calls are he, some of the best local broadcasts yeah. ever. And um but it's, I hope with Jock retiring that that means Forsland gets a lot more national games because he is so, so good. Yeah, I, I'm always amazed at broadcasters in general for NHL because it's so fast. And then you have like the crazy long names that I couldn't even begin to try to pronounce. And like, yeah, I feel and you like, have people in your ear like telling yeah. you things. And like Doc Emmerich does it pretty flawlessly and I mean I've only two seasons in but uh I feel like he's definitely gonna be a noticeable person that's gone the only thing I think slowed him down a little bit he was not in the bubble this year Uh he was calling from home and so a lot of his calls were like a second after it had already happened and that's not his fault and that's not NBC's fault that's just the way it is but that was the one thing that was a little different this year but I'm so gonna miss Doc my mom like watch ho- watches hockey with me every now and again and she knows like she, like she knows his calls and stuff like yeah. that so it's going to be quite the thing um the other big news the Vegas GM I think let it slip that they might have to redo the divisions which when you think about it it makes sense there's all of these issues at the border with Canada and the US mm-hmm. because of covid and so there are all of these problems with having them travel between them and so the proposal is like an all canadian division because that's seven teams and then three eight team divisions amongst the rest problem being the seven teams it goes from vancouver to like montreal way on the other side so vancouver by like west east would be in like the far west and montreal is not far east but it's like solidly in the east and so that's a lot of travel so they're definitely going to have to be strategic with scheduling that and i heard this on the steve dangle podcast very excellent point which obviously they can't really control at all that canadian league will be loaded with talent yeah i mean ottawa sucks so there's that but (laughs) um Vancouver, Calgary, with their goalie now that they have a goalie, Edmonton, Toronto, like a lot, a lot going on there. Winnipeg so even. with the rearranging in the, of the divisions, are they going to go like 
an MLB route as far as like playing only within divisions? I think that's what they're going to do is play only in the divisions. And the divisions are weird. So the only one that makes sense where all of the teams fit the description. Well, okay. The Canada one makes sense because they're called the Northern one and they're North of everything, of course, because they're in Canada. But the Eastern one makes sense. I got that. So we got Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Philly, Washington, New Jersey, both New York teams, Boston. Those are all solidly East teams. That's good. (laughs) Listen to what we are calling the Southern division. I say that with heavy heavy sarcasm so we've got the two florida teams camp and florida that's legit carolina that's legit nashville okay yeah that's kind of legit st louis we're starting to get a little less legit yeah columbus we're very less legit and then the last two chicago and detroit no on what planet is michigan the south it just isn't like Like, come up with a better name come up with a different name yeah because even St. Louis is pushing it. Really pushing it. Like, I, and I'm being generous to call St. Louis, but Columbus, Chicago, and Detroit. Michigan ha- shares a border yeah. with Canada. <laughs> no, th- those are not, not Southern at all. And then we've got the Western Division, which is not quite as bad. Detroit is probably, Detroit in the South is probably the worst thing I've ever heard, but the Western is still a little much of an adventure. So we've got um, the California teams, which that makes sense. Uh, San Jose, Anaheim, and LA. Vegas, again, I'm with that. Uh, Arizona, yeah, okay. Colorado, I mean, eh, kind of. It's kind of, we're in the St. Louis range of like, eh, we're getting there. Dallas. And then my personal favorite, everyone's favorite Western <laughs> state, Minnesota. <laughs> Who says, oh, yeah, I like to go to the West. I go to Minnesota. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, so in baseball, the Rangers are in the West, which doesn't make sense, but I also, I get it. Like, you had to put them somewhere. And it kind of looks like NHL looked at the MLB divisions and was like, let's make it weirder. Because I almost feel like you could just take... You could reconfigure the Southern division and have some kind of central division and then put like Carolina and Florida into the Eastern because it's still technically the East. Yeah. So I think if I'm trying to read into what they did here, if this is truly what they're going for, this is all a rumor, but if this is truly what they're going for, I think they had their heart set on certain matchups in the U.S. ones. So, yeah. like, I think Pittsburgh, Philly, and Washington, they all wanted to be together because Pittsburgh and Washington and Pittsburgh and Philly are good rivals. Yeah. Clearly, New York, New York, and New Jersey all had to be together. And then I think they wanted Boston, I guess, because of Boston, New York. It's not the greatest rivalry, but also Boston would be on an island by itself if you did that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get all the Eastern ones in Buffalo. You just kind of had to. But I think they wanted Chicago, St. Louis together which is just like right in the middle. And then I think they, like obviously the two Floridas have to go together. And then I think they were, so I think basically they started like piecing the matchups in. Yeah. And then they got these divisions and then they just slapped names on them regardless <laughs> of if they were even remotely true. Yeah. Cause if you just, cause like, obviously this isn't a visual medium, but me and Laura can see like the map of how it's configured. And like, just looking at it, to me, like, it doesn't make for even divisions, but, like, the logical thing to me would be to do, like, a line between where it has Pittsburgh and I don't even know what team that is because I'm not good at math. Washington. Oh, uh, or- them or, like, Pittsburgh and uh, Columbus, like, put a line between those two yeah. and then put a line between Colorado and Dallas and just make, like, a central division. That's and and if they or all I want, all I'm asking for is better names. Do not (laughs) try to insult my intelligence by saying Detroit is a Southern Division team. Like you can come up with a better name than that. Come on, call it something else. Like you don't even have to do it by like region. Just come up with a fun name to call each division. Yeah, you can even name it after like legends of the game. So like, 
if you want to pick like who you think is the best player or like if you want to even be really cheeky you could be like okay who went the farthest in the playoffs in that division and like their best player so like who is tampa's historical best player and then i'm trying to see who even went the farthest in the east i think it's philly who's philly's best player and those kind of things like something or i mean it would, I was like saying, oh, maybe I could do Central, but Florida, that would bother me. How yeah. There's yeah. like, so directionally, maybe <laughs> you can't make it work because the thing about directionally that's tough is hockey skews so East Yes. that you can't really make it work. Yeah. However, you can name them better than this. <laughs> yeah. Truly better because so, Minnesota is not in the West and Michigan is not in the South. Like that's basic level geography. And Chicago very isn't in the South yeah. either. Like all of these things. Like you actually could do a South if you really wanted to. Yeah. And then do, but then you'd have to do like an East and then like a West slash not as far East. <laughs> yeah. Because like some of the people who are, would have, end up in the West would be like a little they'd definitely be on the eastern half of the map yeah so it like there's no great way to do it but just name them better and along with uh my issue with the west which is also the issue in nlb is that the west goes across three different time zones i will say though the one thing i like for you about the west minnesota i don't know what they're trying to do but it doesn't seem like they're trying to win uh <laughs> San Jose was hot garbage last year. LA is definitely not trying to win. It's same with Anaheim. So we got Vegas, Colorado, you guys, and then Arizona. But they lost Taylor Hall. Like, yeah. honestly, and so if they did it how, if they do a 16 team, then it would be like top four from every division if they do eight I don't know how they're going to do the playoffs but I think realistically it gives Dallas a competitive chance that there's not going to be a ton of teams they have to compete against Colorado's very good but that's about it oh Vegas but we beat them before yeah Um, I also like that the stars would not be in the blues division so I don't have to hear about them but that's the thing so like that division so we can safely eliminate Detroit from yeah. contention but there's a lot of the other teams you can't really eliminate yeah and Canada especially but so many of those but the west I mean there's some competition up top of a few teams but there's a lot that are not even like remotely like you don't have to worry about a sleeper pick or something like yeah that. so also, I think I, I realized I can just complain about like the west time zones when like the Canada teams literally go all the way across the country. <laughs> yeah, it's that's a lot. That is quite a lot. Yeah, they have four time zones. I'm glad I don't have to make the schedule for that. <laughs> it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So I guess with that, I'll hit on a couple of the recent signings that matter. There were a lot of now that a lot of the big money is gone. We're getting a lot of the like seven, eight hundred K signings, which I'm going to talk about one of them because it actually matters, but most of them don't matter. Um, the first one, I just want to get it out of the way. Cody CC, an alleged defenseman signed with the Penguins. Um, I say alleged because it's a bit of a stretch to say that he plays defense, but I will say we bought out Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson is a worse defenseman than Cody CC. Now that is not exactly an endorsement of Cody CC, but just saying and also he's like two and to change cc's two million and some change cheaper because he's only like a million dollars so if this blows like the thing that bothers me is he's very not a good defenseman and like that is known so why are you signing him when there are good defensemen still out there not signed and like i get that they need to have some cap room but like i would rather the healthy scratch guy we had from last year who plays that side chad ruweedle i would rather him than cody cc and he's cheaper and he's already signed but on the scale of like defensemen and signings that really bother me it's not even coming close to touching jack johnson (laughs) like not even close 
So I guess give Jim Rutherford credit that he like lowered the bar so much that even he can clear it. But like, <laughs> God, that, that was awful. Um, and then the other one I wanted to talk about, this is kind of big. So Joel Thornton right now is playing in Europe, but like, he was considering his options. And I think low-key underreported in all of this. He's played with, so he started with Boston, got traded in what ended up being a terrible trade for Boston to San Jose and was a, le- a really long San Jose shark, went to them with them to the Stanley Cup finals, all of that business. Well, then last year when San Jose thought they were going to be good and was, were just trash, um, they had offloaded Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe agreed to Pittsburgh to be for a competitive team. And it really seems like from every indication that Joe Thornton wanted a similar thing of like, hey, let me go play somewhere else and then I'll come back and sign with you next year. And then you get an asset and I get to go to chase the cup. And they didn't trade him. And so it, I had a feeling, and you heard from his comment that he wanted to chase the Cubs, so he wasn't going to sign with San Jose because he didn't want that to happen again. And so he chose Toronto. So that is interesting because like, <laughs> someone uh, they talked about on Steve Dangle podcast, they might have the slowest fourth line in hockey because Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton, they might like average age too. Like it's going to be, Jason and Joe and like some their kid or something like that I don't even know because but I like it because we got like all dad's team and I think while Mitch Marner William Nylander and Austin Matthews bring a lot of the talent that that team has and certainly a lot of the salary I don't think it's fair to expect them and I think William Nylander's the oldest at like 24 maybe ish to be like these veteran leadership presence in the locker room and so they have their captain John Tavares but the guy never says anything now I know he's not like that in the locker room I know he actually says something but he's still a little robotic like he did this interview with Morgan Riley and um Morgan Riley's question is like yeah so you're going to the grocery store and like you're getting some of your normal stuff but maybe you're like also getting some cheap stuff what are you getting the guy literally said like eggs and kale and I'm just like oh my god so he's not exactly all of that to say he's not exactly like all of the leadership in one person right there (laughs) and so I think having Spezza certainly helped a lot of people were talking about advice and just like his presence in the locker room and how it helped so many players and I think honestly that's when like he had already mostly lost the room but I think when Mike Babcock scratched Jason Spezza for the home opener for no good reason absolutely no reason um I think that might have been the end of losing the locker room because when you scratch someone that respected but all that to say I think Joe Thornton adds another like uh veteran really veteran experienced calm when things aren't going well that kind of thing advice so I I think it's a good signing especially for seven hundred thousand dollars who cares either way so I thought that was good for Toronto yeah I uh I feel like I saw that Cody Cece uh news like maybe an hour or two after it happened and I was definitely like, Laura, sent it Laura to didn't me. scream it at me, so she must not know. So I sent it to you, and I was like, I can't wait for this. And it, I, I will read my response, because I'm actually proud of it. <laughs> my GM is on a mission to always have bad defensemen on the team. And that is true, because we, we got rid of Jack Johnson. So it's like, we don't have any bad defensemen. <laughs> Yay! And he's like, hold my beer. <laughs> we got a bad defenseman, so not to worry. All is normal. So I guess with that, I will turn it over to you, Morgan, for some MLB talk. Yeah, so no news outside of playoffs that I've seen. So we're just going to dive right in to the championship series that both went to seven games, which I think was surprising. Um, I think I had said one series would go to six games, one would go to seven. But early on in this, both of the series, it really didn't seem like they either of them were going to go to six or seven. It kind of felt like both of them might be decided pretty quickly. Um, the Rays um, got up on the Astros three nothing and then proceeded to make us all panic. I, 
I was ready to like storm down to San Diego and like give a talking to the Tampa Bay Rays because literally every every fan of MLB except Astros fans but 95% of MLB fans were rooting for the Rays and they almost gave us all heart attacks over it um I will say someone made the point this is Tom Brady's first year in Tampa Bay. I don't know if he maybe he brought some of the good luck juju where like previous race teams would have blown it in seven, but like his somehow always being able to pull things out thing worked. Um, but if if Houston reversed, not only did, would they have beaten Tampa Bay, but reverse sweeped the the Tampa Bay, Bay Rays, I. 2020 would have outdone itself. Right. This is one step too far. Yeah, because the only time a team has ever come back from being down 3-0 in the history of MLB in the championship series was the 0-4 Red Sox, who, which I feel like that whole series is like famous because there is a whole documentary that's fantastic. Used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. Four Days in October, which... I highly recommend it's like it's baseball so obviously it's one of my favorite but as far as sports documentaries go I could watch that one all the time um and it's like that broke a curse yeah so and it's like one of those where you're like oh sports are like fairy tale this is like a fairy tale book ending kind of a thing because then they went on to win the world series yeah um and I was like, if the Astros add their name to that kind of history, I don't want that. I don't want to see the documentary about that. Nothing. So thank God they lost. Although in game seven, eighth inning, the Rays had a 4-0 lead. Houston loaded the bases with Carlos Correa coming up. And of course, it was a former Rangers pitcher on the mound for the Rays. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is going to be a grand slam to tie the game. And I'm going to throw up. Like, I was ready to, like, throw things. Thank God they only gave up two runs. This is kind of reminding me. So this was the thing that really annoyed me during the Uh game. So it was the fifth inning. And uh, I forget the pitcher's name for the Rays had been just cruising. Mm -hmm. Morton? Yeah, the whole time just cruising. And he has a couple runners on, but they're up three, nothing. And they don't even try to let him out of it. They just pull him. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Bullpens are way less reliable. It's only the fifth inning. And then of course, because of that stupid rule, he doesn't get the win, even though wins are pointless, but yeah. He's still like, if by the technical like word, I would say he earned it. Right. Right. So that, that, when that decision, I was convinced when that happened, I'm like, oh, Houston's winning. This is, this is not good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so thank God Houston's out of it because it started to feel like, oh my God, the universe really wants Houston code world series and then they're going to win. And then we're going to have to hear about it forever. And I don't want that. Just think of the other side though. They like, it was going to be a quick, just you suck out. But they built them all up. They got them all yes. hyped. And then it's like, yeah, nope. That, and it's but, like, I kind of do like the heartbreak. I'm, I'm yeah. not a vengeful person. But for them, <laughs> I'll make an exception. Now that th- that series is over, yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, I, I kind of like that. They gave them a lot of hope and then just pulled the rug right out from under them. Uh, but there there was also a part of me that was like, oh, my God, they're going to be playing the World Series at the Rangers New Ball Park. And if they win, we're going to have to burn it down because it's cursed. Like, there is no way that thing's staying up. <laughs> But then there was also uh, the other part of me that was like, well, if they do play there, they would finally get booed because there's fans there. So. And we're going to talk about the other series. So that would have been a really interesting world series. And I know which side the crowd would have been on. Exactly. So the Braves and Dodgers also went to seven games. I thought the Braves looked like they were gonna run away with the series after the first two games um and then the Dodgers kind of woke up and then I kind of thought they were gonna fall out of it because they had that 15 13 or 15 run game whatever they scored like 12 runs in the first inning and it was kind of like oh okay they're awake but then the next game it was kind of like oh you score you should have like spread out your runs a little bit uh 
but I was kind of surprised at how uh, the Dodgers came back from that, especially with having seven games in seven days. It's hard to switch up momentum or like, and like even just with no off days, you can't really like, okay, let's have a day to like clear our heads, come back from it and then go win. But somehow the Dodgers kind of did that without an off day. It felt like, um, I didn't watch the game seven, although I've heard it was great. (laughs) Um, because by then, like when they played their game seven, it was the day after the Rays and Houston series ended. And so literally once Houston's out, like, I was like, I can enjoy the rest of baseball because I don't care who wins. You're not like completely (laughs) invested in one outcome. Exactly. I was like, I don't, at this point, I don't care if the Braves lose and the Dodgers win or vice versa. Like, I'm good. Like I don't, whatever happens, happens and I don't have to worry about it anymore. So I didn't watch that game. Um, but the Dodgers were kind of set up to be the better team anyway. Uh, the Braves just didn't have a lot of starting pitchers um, compared to the Dodgers. So it, it makes sense that the Dodgers won, but I think it is impressive that the Braves took them to seven games. Um, one quick thing is like the Ranger ballpark is not that great. Yes. I haven't been in it personally. So I'm saying this from seeing pictures and video. Um, it's compared, especially compared to the previous ballpark. It's not, it's not the most beautiful ballpark ever, but I don't appreciate people trashing it on Twitter. Like I, I know it's not great, but no one else is allowed to trash it because it's my ballpark. Okay, also, like, there's more to it than, like, aesthetics. Right. So, like, can you imagine if they had this in Wrigley with how the wind, like, drastically changes whether home runs, like, are even possible? People would be freaking. (laughs) Like, and I think that's valid because it's, like, we're, like, the weather is having this insane effect on the game. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is they had the roof open I believe for every game um, because it didn't rain and we actually had pretty nice weather. So there was like kind of a question on how that would fare for um, the ball flying out more or not because the Rangers during the season, I think only had the roof open for four, four or five games. um, And the Rangers only won one of those and they gave up like, um, I think it was in, uh, four of the the first four games they played with the roof open, they gave up 10 or more runs in each game and lost them. Mm-hmm. And then they finally won the fifth game. Uh, but then I felt like compared to the Rangers seeing with the roof open, and again, it's probably because the Rangers weren't that great of a team. Um, it seemed more to even out except for that game where the Dodgers hit 13 runs and wow, that did not sound like someone who watches baseball. They got 13 runs (laughs) in like the first two innings. Um, But to me, I felt like, I don't think it looked like the ballpark didn't look that bad. I think the worst part about the ballpark is the outside. Yes, it does look like a a legit barn. Um, But you don't go to a baseball game to look at the outside. Like you see it outside for like five minutes and then you're inside. And I think it looks much prettier inside. Um, I also saw a lot of complaints of like, it's a really dark stadium on the broadcast. Um, But I had a friend that went to the one, one of the games and she was like, it is not as dark there as it is on TV. So I think that's more of a camera issue. Um, And yes, I'm going to defend my ballpark because it's my ballpark. Um, But I think, I don't know how, I still don't know how I feel about fans being there, but it made it more feel more real and also the players all said that it like really made a difference to them yeah even though it was like more of a sparse crowd some of the players are used to that yeah (laughs) yeah especially yeah um but and and I know also like there are 11,000 fans and that they were still playing some of the recorded crowd noise there Mm -hmm. just as like a bass level sound um but I also saw one of the uh, reporters saying that with just 11,000 fans, that they were pretty loud. So, like, imagining that place 
build would be, I imagine, would be insane. I don't think they've said how many fans they're doing for the World Series. I imagine the same number. The thing about it, I was listening to Steve Dangle had someone in the bu- a bubble on, and he was mm. talking about they actually piped in the ambient noise into the arena, so like the players could hear it, so it wasn't just like ice noises. But he was saying the thing that's so different is the sign guy tries to like a sound guy tries to make it match, and he did a really yeah. good job. But there's something so organic about how a crowd reacts to moments yeah. that you can't replicate with yeah. just like buttons and stuff you can't and it, there's like these organic things that happen like different a section of the crowd will see something that the other section can't yeah. see and then it all kind of spreads or something like that and you just can't produce that and create that which interesting you say that because there was um during the Rays in Houston series one of the games that I happen to not tune out their broadcast um Lauren Shahadi was saying that they had like four sound engineers that usually do like the sound for I guess I think she said concerts but it might just be like recordings and she named some like some like very (laughs) high level bands that I can't remember I just know I was like oh I know who they are um so I'm not going to risk saying any of them be wrong. Um, but like four different engine sound engineers that one was in charge of like doing the like oohs and ahs kind of a thing of like making plays and stuff. And then others were just kind of like the ambient noise when they're pitching or not pitching or like mound meetings kind of a thing. I don't remember what she said the other two were for, but I thought it was interesting that they really focused on that for the stadium that didn't have fans. And it did show, I will say. Yeah. The crowd noise thing worked a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm sure they're going to, the only thing I I would have loved to know is like, did they change the fans based on home and away teams? Which I think they did. Like, I never really heard any team specific cheers, but based on, like, when the cheering happened, you could tell. Like, levels kind of thing. Yeah, like, you could tell who the home team was supposed to be. Um, so I don't really know how that's going to work for the World Series. I do know that someone said it was mostly Dodgers fans for the Dodgers-Braves series. I'd imagine it'd be the same for World Series. Braves don't seem to have that many fans in general, so I can't imagine the few that do have actually travel um I I went with the Dodgers for this for the World Series just because even though I feel like they've let me down a lot I just want them to finally win like I just want Kershaw to finally get a ring because at this point he did he like deserves and needs it and has earned it and I feel like if we're gonna really complete the like justice Astros thing that the the full completion of that is the Dodgers winning the World Series. Right. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rays because the Rays look good. Yeah. But it just I I feel it feels like Dodgers to me. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like I I get the feeling that if the Dodgers don't win it, they're gonna like overhaul coaches and manager, even though they've had good manager and coaches because they've they've won their division the last six seven seasons whatever it is now but like once you've gone to the world series so many times in a short period of time and you haven't won it yet that's when gms and owners start to get antsy and they're like well it must be the coaches and the the manager gotta get rid of them the only success that matters is the most recent thing and you have to have like win it all yeah like second place only counts so much yeah and um all the on the athletic they once again did the coach player and scout all of them said Dodgers in six and I was surprised that they all picked six games um I was thinking seven just because both of the championship series went seven but I thought for sure some of them might say five like I was just kind of surprised that they all said six yeah I I, I it's hard to have a pulse on what it would be I think seven seems like a good guess just because of how close and everything yeah. it seems like everyone would be. I kind of feel like these teams could are pretty evenly matched. Um, I feel like if it would have been Braves Rays, then the edge would be the Rays 
Mm-hmm. Um, I also like, feel like if the Dodgers, because of their record, if they'd have fairly comfortably walked through all of the playoffs, then you'd be like, okay, I feel confident in the Dodgers. Yeah. But that Atlanta series, that was shaky. Yeah, shakier than expected. And, and so because of that, you're like, well, if this team shows up for even a couple games, like, what, what's going to happen? And um, I think the Dodgers also have the advantage of they've been playing in the same ballpark the last, what, couple series, right? No, the, this last series, that's the only one they've played in the Rangers. No, they played two series there now, right? Well, at least one. They played at least seven games there, which is more than the Rays have. Yeah. Um, and the Dodgers technically have home field advantage on the scoreboard. They bat last um, in four out of the seven games. And, I mean, this ballpark is as close to home field advantage as they're going to get if they can't play at their actual own home team uh, fields. So that also gives them the edge. Um, also, there are actual off days during the series so they'll play two games have off play three games have off play two games like a normal world series schedule which I found interesting because they didn't do off days in any of the other series kind of I don't really get why they would bother doing it now um I mean yeah it's nice to have off days but also the only reason they ever they ever had off days in playoffs anyway because they were travel days and they're not traveling and I, I mean, I don't know. I guess MLB's trying to see if a momentum change happens with the off days. I I can't figure it out because it's not like baseball players haven't played 19 games in 20 days before, let alone seven and seven again. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. They were they were scheduled off days. Uh, today was a scheduled off day. Where I think regardless of if they played seven or that makes sense. six games, yeah. Um, today Monday um, was the World Series like uh, media day, so that was always planned. I think even if if the Dodgers only if they had won it in six, um, I think they had always planned to start the World Series on that Tuesday. Um, they'll also have. Uh, Kershaw will start game one. Glasnow will also start game one for the Rays. Uh, the Dodgers do not have a game two starter decided yet. Uh, Tampa will go with Snell. The Dodgers do have a game three starter in Walker Bueller, which is interesting. I don't know exactly what their reasoning was not having him as game two. Um, and not naming a game two, like it kind of feels like you should know who your game two starter is right now. Uh, because my first thought is if they're if they don't know who their game two starter is, that's a bullpen game. The thing that I've learned, and I like my mom brought me down to earth with this a little when I was upset about them taking the pitcher out and everything. Yeah, so much of baseball is run by analytics, and I'm not critiquing that because I definitely get that a lot of it is very good. But so much of these like playing decisions they're based on like well based on our thing it's the optimum time for this picture is this many days and (laughs) yeah and there are some pictures who are very like I want to pitch every five days if it's on the sixth day I'm no good or whatever Um, yeah so I understand that and like superstitions and stuff I just find it interesting that they they have their game one and their game three but no idea who game two is so, anything else you want to cover with the MLB? Oh, I had an and an, a random NFL thing. If you want, me oh, to that's go. right. Yes, before Britain Rave. So, shout out to the New York Giants for last weekend becoming the first uh, NFL team from New York to secure a win this season. The, oh, that's so sad. I had to I had to put this out there. The Jets and Giants are a collective one and eleven in the NFL this year. So if you are a Mets slash either one of those fans, I am so sorry. Oh God, right? Yikes. The Jets are 0-6. And they were playing Miami. 
and they were down like 28 to nothing at the half and Miami's not good and you're like could you imagine being a Jets and a Mets fan yeah well and then they got the Knicks for the NBA and their garbage too yikes Pick, pick a different you have the right to pick from an t- entirely different state if you can you jump to. off your your location-based <laughs> fandom we allow it for that kind of misery because that I mean that's horrible it's not even you, like you have you don't even have the pleasure of having a mediocre team you have three like not good like the Mets are the best from that crew could you imagine if like those were their teams and then like for a hockey team one year they just decided to go with Detroit and now they're like stuck as a Detroit fan (laughs) that I guess that's the one thing if they're hockey fans Islanders and Rangers yeah the rain they both made the play-in round or whatever and the Islanders have been kind of defied expectations the past couple years and the Rangers are definitely on the up so maybe focus on hockey (laughs) because every other sport is kind of not there yeah oh yikes so I just wanted to, I thought that was an interesting stat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that with that, do you want to jump to rant and rave? Yes. Do you want to go first? Sure. So this is a non-sports rant, but it's something that comes up every now and again and it bothers me. So there are these things. There, like, there will be a tweet that comes out and someone posts it and it'll be like, like there was one with Halloween candy this weekend. Like one has to go or... Yeah. We got first it was this, then it was this. And like one tweet in that becomes popular and people retweet it. And then everybody comes up with their own version of them. And they're all over my timeline. It's just like people doing versions of it. And it jumps the shark in like five minutes. So it's like, like you're not, whatever you're posting is probably not that clever because everyone is posting them. It's just so, it gets very tedious. Yeah. There are very, like, after you've seen, like, five or six of them, like, you're over it. The Calgary Flames, to bring it back to sports, did about five of those first, like, from this to this or whatever that one, that one trend was for, like, their players. And it was all, like, childhood picture, adult picture. Like, okay, we get it. Like, your players were young once. Great. (laughs) They played hockey as a kid and they're still playing hockey. We get it. Wow. (laughs) Um, my rant is also not sports and I think you can also rant about this because it's Royal related. Um, and I usually stay away from the Royal fandom on Twitter just because it's a very toxic, um, which I guess any fandom can be toxic on Twitter, but specifically every area I've seen a Royal fandom, I, I stay away, but this one popped up on my timeline and it was um, from Richard Eden, who I don't even know who that is. I looked him up. I didn't care enough to pay attention. Um, he posted a picture of Harry and Meghan, a very adorable picture of I Harry and Meghan. I love that picture. That picture is great. It's so cute. It's, it looks like it should be a candid. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's from their Time 100 like yeah, photo set. Um, and then another picture of... I've King something I forgot his name and Wallace Simpson um I think it's Edward it's Edward yeah um who if you don't know royal stuff he was he was the king for like a very brief amount of time and then he abdicated because he wanted to marry Wallace Simpson who's a American divorcee and then that's how the current queen Elizabeth's father became king so she was never originally in line to the throne so anyway now we're here so he posted a picture of them. Also, well, I'll get into it. And he said, spot the difference. Hashtag Megan, hashtag Royal. My issue with this is that there are tons of differences. He's saying spot the difference because he's saying they're exactly the same. I would like you all to know that they are not the same because the very main difference is that Wallace and King Edward or abdicated King, whatever you want to call him, were Nazi sympathizers. And Meghan and Harry are very much not, as far as we know. And I'm also going to point out, there's a lot of thought that the Wallace Simpson thing was a very convenient way for them to oust Edward because he was a Nazi uh, sympathizer. 
Harry and Meghan chose to leave. Yes. You can say that Edward chose. Really, there's a that's not like settled history at all. Mm-hmm. And and the reason they're also comparing them is because like the poses are somewhat similar, but I could you could find a pose of any couple like okay, this. Okay, but if that's somewhat similar, like one is like okay, the Wallace and Edward one is like the stiff, like formal yes. portrait, and yes. then the Harry and Meghan is like okay, now relax. Yeah, like they're not really the same vibe at all. Yeah, and they're both in black and white, and I feel like that was obvious a choice that Richard made. Um, my other issue is like there's always the comparisons between Megan and Wallace and Wallace just because they're American and they were divorced before they married into the royal family, which is just a dumb comparison. Like, okay, who cares? Uh, also, my other big issue with that tweet is that of the four people in this tweet, he only hashtagged Megan, which happens to be the only Black woman in the picture. Like, why not tag Harry, who's a born royal, or the former king, who was a born royal and a formal, former king? Why the only Black woman? Like, it, well, it's very obvious why he's tweeting it. And especially because Wallace and Megan there was nothing for them to renounce or give up, really. Yeah. Like, Megan said, I won't use my title, like, my courtesy title in commercial endeavors or whatever, but he's the one who's actually the Duke of Sussex. She just gets that title because she's married to him. And he's the one who has a spot in the line of succession. She doesn't. And so, like, all of that stuff, which he didn't have to renounce, but it's his, really. Yeah. And it was Edward's like it's not like Wallace had any power at all yeah it was Edward's to renounce so it, it's definitely the guys which that's a choice too the, the amount of times that stuff in the royals gets messed up and the woman gets blamed yeah exactly all the time and it, it just the, the whole tweet everything about it really bothered me and I think it was very obvious the message behind his tweet and what he was trying to say and as a fan of Megan's I I don't really appreciate it and you know even as a woman I don't appreciate it and the fact that I think he like intentionally hashtagged it with just Megan's name that felt and she we already know she's been a, a targeted person that they love to attack like And specifically, she's had, like, racist remarks made towards her and attacks towards her. So that also, seeing this tweet, I'm like, what's the point of it? What does it do other than another attack at her? Yeah, that, that, I saw that tweet going around. And there are a lot of dumb tweets when it comes to Royals. You'll find that, but that was especially bad. So with that, um, my rave. So I don't know if I talked about this previously. I might have mentioned it in the episode we covered the NHL draft, but I thought this was really exciting. Um, Ozzy Weisblatt signed his entry-level contract with the San Jose Sharks, and he kind of gained some notoriety from the draft because um, both of his parents are deaf. Oh, yes. So the general manager of the Sharks signed his name so his mom knew he got called before like and there and it was so cool and I got to watch some things about him and I, there are some videos on YouTube like going into his story and it's so interesting because he he's from Canada but the, his first language is sign language he didn't grow up speaking like as a child and oh, so interesting because how is he going to because both his yeah. parents can't speak and so they kind of realized that like all they have five kids and they all can hear and so it's like whoa what are we gonna do like they can sign but they can't like be in the world and so like hockey was a part of that they signed him up for soccer and then the soccer coach was like you should sign them up for hockey because when you're in sports it's a natural way to learn how to communicate and they were talking about tv too but I just it's such a cool story and it's I, I just I loved that idea of like 
I thought it was so interesting. I never really yeah. thought about it, but once they explained, I'm like, yeah, why would you? You couldn't learn English. Yeah, because also they can't hear you say what you're saying, yes. so they wouldn't know if you're saying it correctly or. And so they couldn't say it back to you, so you would know the sound. Like there's no yeah. way to communicate at all. Like they could read your lips, but how would you know what to say if you're a child? So I thought that was interesting. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So that makes so my rave lame. <laughs> I, well, all I was saying, he already got drafted, so the story kind of already happened, but he got signed to his entry-level contract, which I was excited about. <laughs> um, my rave is, uh, so when, like, COVID first started in, like, lockdowns, obviously, I tried to look for, like, fun hobbies to do, and I was like, I'm going to plant flowers and, like, be so good at it, even though I'm the worst with plants like I've tried to keep house plants alive and I've killed a cactus like that's how bad it is (laughs) (laughs) um but my mom and I got a plant like a like a indoor plant like in February and we've still managed to keep it alive so we're like we can we can do flowers we can move on to outdoor flowers so this weekend we planted flowers and it was like really relaxing and hopefully they do good because we planted them on Saturday and like Saturday and Sunday we had like really high winds and it got a little chilly and I was like oh no this, this, is, this is not gonna be good um so far they look okay it's only been two days um but I'm hoping to keep those alive and now now I see why like people on Instagram they have like one plant and then like three weeks later they have like all the plants like I get it now because now that I've planted those flowers I'm like what other plants can I get and even though I should work on keeping these alive first um but then like to connect it to royals it kind of like made me wonder how um when Kate had her um engagement a few months ago that was and she was like planting trees or whatever I was trying to figure out how she like kept her hands clean because she like dug in that soil and was like putting in pots and she looked like flawless as ever and me I'm over here covered in dirt like (laughs) I will say plants are really a great COVID coping skill yeah so hopefully Hopefully they survive. I'll keep everyone updated. Hopefully it's not going to be a rant in a few weeks. But regardless, you made a valiant (laughs) effort. So with that, uh, we will see you all next week where we'll have more baseball to talk. And who knows, maybe more hockey. Yeah. And by then, uh, World Series could be over. We'll see. We'll see. I will talk to you all later. See you, everyone.